This Week in HPC. U.S. drops bomb on Chinese supercomputing. Export restrictions threaten Tianhe 2 expansion. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell. That's Michael Feldman. Michael, This Week in HPC, in our little corner of the Internet, there was suddenly all kinds of activity, partly because there's a new trailer released for Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens, <laughs> but that's not really relevant here. The other big thing our corner of the internet was talking about was a government report that's come to light that's imposing new export restrictions on supercomputing technologies, naming four major Chinese supercomputing installations. So it's extremely relevant to Intel and Tianhe too. Yeah, because yeah, one of those one of those organizations was the National University of Defense Technology. That's the uh, the the organization that has built, designed, and, and running the Tianhe 2 system, the the top system in the world right now, and they want to ex- they wanted to expand that system. It's like a 30 plus petaflops now, and they wanted to actually bump it up to over 100 petaflops. And they were counting on Intel Xeons and the new Intel Xeon 5s to do that. But lo and behold, come February, they the Department of Commerce decided to put this. Uh, this ban, they banned uh, that NUDT organization as well as three other uh, national labs in in China from receiving any of those uh, components from Intel and, and anyone else. Right. This is in the Federal Register, a government document that went public actually two months ago in right. February. But it's one of these things that becomes public, and it's a question of it's out there, but did anyone go read it or not? And, and now suddenly we've got uh, a lot of uh, press that picked up on it, uh, first of all, in uh, Computer World from uh, Kevin Fogarty and referring back to uh, a lot uh, of articles written by I. DG News Services, uh, in particular Michael Can, but the, uh, the the Federal Register itself talks about um, adding certain quote unquote persons to the entity list. It's always a person, whether it's a an actual organization or uh, or, or an individual person, but referring particularly to uh, four major Chinese supercomputing centers. The uh, National University of Defense Technology, NUDT, that's where Tianhe 2 lives, along with National Supercomputing Centers in Changsha, in Guangzhou, and Tianjin, all being on the, the so-called entity list that prohibits the export of U.S. technologies uh, to those systems. And the uh, rules and regulations here specifically call out, and this is a direct quote from the document, specifically NUDT. UDT has used U.S. origin multi-cores, boards, and coprocessors, with co in parenthesis, so processors and coprocessors, to produce the Tianhe-1A and Tianhe-2 supercomputers. And then uh, it goes on to say that those supercomputers are, quote, are believed to be used in nuclear explosive activities as described in the EAR. Right. The implication here is they're using those those systems to design and build nuclear weaponry, 
uh, in uh, conf I guess thinking that this is uh, against yeah, outside of our national interest. Yeah, to have outside of our national nukes. interest. I mean, it's, it's a little bit odd when you think about it. We know the Chinese do this. Uh, it's not like we're we're at war with uh, the Republic of China. It's it's just that we know, or they think they know now, that these systems are being used for these military purposes. And uh, in general, the rulings are with the Department of Commerce that we don't want to. Uh, have U.S.-based technology contributing to that, so there's this uh, these bans. I guess uh, the implication is they found out rather recently that this research was being done, and that's why they did it. But it's it's a little bit of a stretch to think that some of these systems were not being used for that. Yeah, uh, that's the part that's hard to take, right? It's not. I, I don't have a problem necessarily with the ban if the U.S. is going to say, well, we can't. I mean, supercomputing technology bans have been around for a long time, right? And and there have always been export restrictions. Now, the cluster revolution really changed what things you could and couldn't build a supercomputer out of. It wasn't like you needed to have a self-contained high-end cray. You could build these things out of components. But just the idea that it only just came around now to the idea that, that you could do nuclear research or that you were doing nuclear research on Tianhe-2, that strikes me as odd. I would have assumed all along that nuclear simulations were part of what that computer was doing. Well, sure. And it's... It's not like you can prevent that technology of some sort from making it into those systems and that work being done. Even um, even the former head of the, the NSA and, the, and Central Intelligence Agency, Michael Hayden, wrote wrote an article in the Washington Post recently saying this, this banning of technology is really counterproductive. It's, it's really not worth what you're doing since you're hurting U.S. industry. And in the long run, you're actually hurting our ability to compete and 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 keep our own national security strong. It, it's it's not something that can be used to prevent these countries from expanding their technology or from building nuclear weaponry or or something like that. I mean, in the case of somebody like Iran that doesn't have it, that might be the case. But somebody like China that already has nuclear weaponry and just has an active research program, and you think you can you can gum it up by by banning certain proprietary tools is, is, is sort of a, a fallacy. It, it it's not, doesn't work, and it hurts us. It also doesn't stop anyone from building a supercomputer. Right? The, 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 uh, the, the government document doesn't say anything about Intel specifically, of course. Right. Now, we, it, it impacts Intel especially because Intel had plans to expand that machine, and we'll come back to that in a little bit. But if you look at something like open power, well, that's open technology, and there's nothing to stop someone from designing their own processors based on an open power standard and using those to build a supercomputer. So you don't really keep technology out of China by enforcing a ban like this. You just make it a little more cumbersome. Right, right. You, you gum up the works in specific projects for a while, but like you said, I mean, there's open power technology, there's arm technology, there's there's uh, domestic technology. They still have in China. They're developing their long soon processor. That's in that's in motion. It, it's not like they don't have access to high end processor technology. It's just not what they're using today. I mean, to ban specific 
U.S.-based technology is, is, is not going to prevent uh, those programs from going forward. Yeah, and it, furthermore, it's not really clear exactly what technologies are banned here. They call out the processor technologies, but don't call out things like interconnects or storage or file systems. There are a lot of other, you know, the, the front side bus, right? <laughs> what, are you, what are you specifically limiting from an export standpoint? So I think it's going to be a difficult ban to enforce. I think it does cause Intel some headaches. Now, there is a process where uh, Intel or anybody else can apply for the license to continue to sell or to sell or continue to sell these technologies. Reportedly, Intel has applied for a license and has been denied already once. Is that right? Yeah, it sounds like they were denied that they, they uh, applied to the Department of Commerce and, and that was rejected. So, for this particular uh, sale, I guess uh, that, that won't go through as planned. And it's uh, also that, that Intel is planning the expansion of Tianhe to, we've heard as high as 100 petaflops uh, was planned for this year. That's uh, coming out now as part of this story. That is uh, now significantly threatened that it would be delayed. So you wonder if this is somewhat of a gambit by somebody on the U.S. side to try to catch up the U.S. supercomputing initiatives with where the Chinese are today. Well, I'm sure sure from the Chinese point of view, it, it probably there probably is a lot of uh, suspicion of that. It certainly looks like we're just trying to prevent them from overtaking us. We've fallen a little bit behind in, in some of these top systems, and this is this is one way to to buy a little time, certainly to to get back on top. Um, it, it's hard to really be that cynical, but there could be certain agendas of certain people, companies, and organizations that, that went into this to influence this uh, Department of Commerce ban. I, I, I can't put that beyond some of the workings of the government here. But again, it, it's not going to be effective in the long run. It's just going to slow things down. Now, now, some of this reporting saying, well, they'll be able to get around the ban, they'll be able to, to buy through like resellers that you can't track as well. Um, in this case, for NUDT, I don't think that's going to work very well. It's not like they're going to they're gonna be able to go through some uh, some shadow organization all of a sudden come up with a hundred people showing uh, up with suitcases yeah. after hours and bringing them in through the loading dock. That's and and, and build a hundred petaflop computer and then publicize it. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna cause a lot, uh, you know, a lot of hand wringing in our relations that they they did this basically uh, illegally. I mean, if they do something like that, but certainly smaller organizations could do that. It's just on in these particular. Uh, labs, they, they can't really hide like that. They can't use these front organizations and vendors to get around this, this type of ban. You know, a lot of this is coming on the well. It's not really on the heels. We're talking about it on the heels of talking about Intel last week with their major win together with Cray for the Argon system. So you're talking about Intel really becoming a predominant supercomputing provider in their own right. That you talk about independently from the major server vendors. That you know, as much as they worked through Inspur, Intel was really the key technology provider for uh, the Tianhe two system. 
they're now the prime vendor for the Argonne National Lab System. Intel's a, a you know a major supercomputing leader worldwide. What we really wind up with, though, for these huge multinational corporations, is a, somewhat of a borderless scientific community, where, it, as you're pointing out, it does become very difficult to restrict exports at the component level and say, well, you can't buy these components because you could build something out of them. It's that kind of thinking that makes it so you can't buy Sudafed at the drugstore because they're worried if you buy a lot of it, you're going to go make illegal drugs. Right. And, and with the, the advent of licensable technology from Power Arm and, and other manufacturers, it, it's it's a much murkier situation than it used to be. I mean, x86 is is just one architecture that can be applied to this, and and, and certainly uh, not the only one. I mean, supercomputers can benefit from a wide variety of technologies. Now, to a certain extent, this reminds me of you know it wasn't that long ago we were talking about T platforms winding up on this entity list, and and they were uh, really restricted from uh, from doing business for a while. They're they're bad now, but it's interesting because we also saw uh, an announcement about uh, systems uh, in Russia that are, are quite similar in theory to uh, to what we're seeing in China now. Right. RSC Group, uh, based in Russia, just sold a, a big system to the Russian Academy of Sciences. Uh, it's, it's their pedestrine architecture, the one where you can basically put a petaflop in a, in a cabinet. And that system's going to be uh, top out at about 600 teraflops, a little bit more. I mean, the interesting thing there is, again, it's it's somewhat similar organization to NUDT. The Russian Academy of Sciences is a research organization, but it also has an affiliation with uh, a nuclear institute that does basic nuclear research uh, along at the Russian Academy of Sciences. And uh, so far, at least, there's no ban on selling. Uh, you know, Intel, Intel components to, to this particular uh, sale. In this case, it's the same thing. It's Xeons and Xeon Phi's, the the, the uh, 710D systems, or 720D Xeon processors, Xeon Phi processors, and the E52600 Xeons that are going into this. So um, maybe the Department of Commerce doesn't know about this system, or maybe they've deemed that the, the nuclear research going on in, in conjunction with this organization is not for nuclear explosive activities. It's just basic research. But it does seem like a little bit of a double standard. Yeah, that becomes the interesting question, right? Why is it the difference? Is the difference that, you know, you can't do as much interesting research at how many petaflops was it? Six petaflops? Well, this you is can't... No, six to 600 teraflops, but that's that's plenty to do a lot of very interesting nuclear research. So, you know, it's 600 teraflops as opposed to the other, which is multiple uh, tens of petaflops and on its way to, to 100. So is it that order of magnitudes difference that you, that's your concern, or, or do you think that there's a really different use case for one versus the other? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to say what's your cutoff, or, or is the real difference that uh, you're worried that the Chinese are ahead of, is ahead of the U.S. in supercomputing technology and Russia's not, so we're going to slow down the Chinese? Right. I, I think that's actually behind a lot of this. They're worried that there's this the technology lead in computing is, is going to the Chinese, and, and they're looking at ways to stop that. One way is to stop exporting U.S. technology there. But again, I think it's it's uh, it's a fallacious thing to think that you can 
you can slow this down in a long-term way that's not going to just backfire and hurt you as well. Well, it's going to be interesting to keep following. We're now three months away from ISC, the ISC HPC event in Frankfurt this year. It'll be in July this year, uh, which is a little different on the calendar, new city. But this is a major international topic here for supercomputing. I'm actually looking forward to getting a lot more people's different perspectives on this at that show. Yeah, I think people will be talking about it. I mean, NUDT will be there. Certainly, Intel will be there. Um, I think there will be uh, quite a bit of conversation about about this at the uh, at the event. I'm looking forward to it. Always Too. interesting times in the supercomputing world. But uh, yes, we'll, we'll wrap it up for this week. We'll see what develops for next week. But for now, thanks for uh, those topics, Michael, and thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 